Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. This week, it is going to be our Big Ten East preview we're going to break down all the teams out of the East, and then we're going to finish up with uh, uh, we're going to pick the over and unders on the uh, season win totals for these teams. So this is always fun. Now, Tyler, uh, I got to ask you here. So me and Derek always think that the start, the unofficial start of the college football season is Big Ten Media Days. That's when it starts warming up to us. You said to me in the past that it's not until we do this episode where we do the Big Ten breakdowns where you really get psyched for the college football season. Elaborate on that. Well, this is like the first time I go back and I look at all the stats last year and I like review some of the wins and losses. And like in in the preparation of this, um, I was looking at, uh, I think it was Indiana. No, no, it was Penn State. It was Penn State. I went down this rabbit hole of like pulling up like game clips of random games from last year. And you, you start hearing the names of these guys again, and you're like, it just brings you back, and it just really starts that. And it's fun to make these types of predictions. Like, we've been wrong, but it's fun to be, like, actually getting a mental image how the whole Big Ten is starting to play out. So, yeah, th- this is this is one of my favorite episodes we do all year. Um, I this, this is where I'm, like, full throttle, Big Ten, podcaster back, everything's back in the rotation for me now. Derek, do you have the same feeling that Tyler does on this? I've been pumped for weeks. I don't know what he's, t- I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, we're going to do the East this week, and we're going to do the West next week. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. So each of us are going to break down a team, and uh, we'll debate it. And then once we're done debating, we'll get into the over-under, and we'll pick that. Then at the all, at the very end of this episode... We'll talk about our Big Ten East standings. So let me start it off with Indiana. <clears throat> Last year, Indiana, they went 2-10 and 10 overall and 0-9 in conference. Uh, this year, they're going to be returning 5 on offense and 7 on defense. Their key returners is cornerback Taiwan Mullen Jr. and cornerback Jalen Williams. Key losses, you know, I'm throwing this name in there, uh, Michael Penix. He struggled last year, uh, but, you know, they lost him to injury. Now he's at Washington. That's the only one that I could count consider as a key loss. Moving to the schedule on out-of-conference, they draw Idaho, Western Kentucky, and at Cincinnati. And their crossover games is Illinois, which is their opener, at Nebraska and Purdue. So as I look at this Indiana team this year, uh, they were really bad last year, really bad, as the record shows. But they bring in uh, a new offensive coordinate, coordinator, Walt Bell. He was the head coach at uh, 
at UMass and a co-offensive coordinator, Adam Henry, who spent the last seven years in the NFL. They also brought in a new defensive coordinator, uh, Chad Wilt, and uh, he was the D-line coach at Minnesota. What's interesting about Indiana is they kind of had to do the same thing that Nebraska did. Uh, they brought they went out to the transfer portal and hit it hard. They brought in 13 people out of the transfer portal, including their quarterback, who's going to start most likely, is this Connor Basilic, uh, sophomore out of Missouri. He passed for 2,569 yards last year at a 65% clip, and he had a 16-11 to 11 touchdown interception ratio. Not only that, they have like four other uh, transfers that are expected to start, uh, including a running back from Auburn, a uh, couple of receivers out of Florida State and North Carolina, and the center out of Michigan. On defense, three more transfers expected to start, a defensive tackle from Cal, a linebacker from uh, Miami, and a free safety out of Ole Miss. So all this talent that they're bringing in, it's not like shit talent like from FCS level or gr- even group of five. These are, this is power five talent. Even though they don't have a lot of experience, you know, they were good enough to get into power five level programs here. So last year on offense, they were really bad. They averaged 10 points per game in conference, and they had six games where they had seven points or less. Uh, I think with what they have, it's going to be a a little bit better than that. I'm not expecting great things out of them. Uh, The quarterback makes it interesting. On defense, they gave up 35 points per game in conference, uh, but... The guys that they have coming back, the guy that I mentioned as a key returner, quarterback, Taiwan Mullen Jr., Phil Steele had him as a first-team All-American in 2020. He is good. Uh, their secondary is pretty decent for this team. They're going to have to rely on that defense if they want to have a good year, uh, but they'll, have to, they'll just have to stay healthy. And uh, So as I look at this team, not expecting a lot out of the offense, Defense should be a fine, especially the the uh, secondary, but it's gonna they're gonna be behind. A lot of new faces, a lot of new coaches. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on Indiana? All right. Well, I'm, first off, I'm gonna start off with these new coordinators you're talking about. Because uh, first off, that defensive coordinator has never been a defensive coordinator before. Right. I mean, I, so that scares me. If I if I if I'm a if I'm an Indiana fan. And I got this guy who's never been a defensive coordinator. He's taken over this defense that was garbage last year. I'm not feeling really comfortable having this guy calling out my plays. Uh, The the new offensive coordinator, Walt Bell, man, he he did really good at Arkansas State. I'll give him credit. He he had some – he had, uh, for scoring offense, he had a 19 his first year and uh, 12th-ranked scoring offense second year. But – Man, at Maryland, he had two seasons there, and his scoring offense is ranked 88th and 100th. Like, that's not great, especially considering these are the same teams you're going to be playing. Uh, and then he had uh, one year at FSU, or at Florida State, where his scoring offense ranked 113th. So I, I'm not I, – I don't know. I, I wouldn't be really truly sold on this offensive coordinator either. And I, I didn't look at all the uh, transfers you were talking about, but Sean Shivers, the one out coming out of Auburn, had a yeah. total of 87 yards rushing last year. So I, I say that again, not in one game, the whole season, at 87 yards. 
Uh, their backup quarter or running back, they pulled out of uh, North Carolina, and he had 21 yards. Uh, I, I I hate to say it, but, I mean, they're very inexperienced at the running back position. I know the quarterback seems pretty decent. I, I didn't look too in-depth at the wide receivers, but uh, that, that offense would really scare me considering this this offensive coordinator struggled to score in Big Ten already, and you don't seem to have the talent to really stick up against all these huge big dogs in the Big Ten. So let me in here. So, Derek, you talk about their defensive coordinator. Well, Indiana has reported that Tom Allen is going to take over defensive play calling duties. So now it's interesting when you see Scott Frost, He's kind of taken a step back, but Tom Allen is taking a step forward and being more involved in the day-to-day. Very good defensive coordinator in the past. I think he'll be able to shape that up. But I found one of the most interesting things is Indiana, for their press guide, they release a preseason depth chart. And I end up taking a look at it. And on offense, every one of the starters was a junior or senior listed on their preseason depth chart obviously the subject to change and every defensive starter is a senior while they do lack some of the returning talent and players this team was injured last year this team was injured from the beginning of the year they're experienced i'm not saying they're talented i'm not saying they're great but i don't know last time you saw 11 starters projected at whatever ever point all seniors like, that is crazy to me to see that in college football in 2022. Are you sure you were looking at the right year, 2022? Yes, I was. I could send the link out. Or I'll tweet it out after. Connor Basilic, he's a sophomore. Well, they had him listed as a junior. Their press guy did. Maybe they just don't consider COVID as a... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know. That might be a little caveat. I mean, he was, he was a freshman of the year in the SEC when he played at Missouri. Obviously, a really talented kid. They did have an oar uh, next to him and Jack Turtle. Um. So yet to be determined. I think there's. You still... call him Jack Turtle? <laughs> he did. He did. Can yeah. you not butcher a single name in <laughs> go an entire show without no. butchering a name? No, that that would be off brand. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, but I think you're right. But I, when I look at this Indiana team, what I what I honestly think, I think their defense is actually going to be good. I I don't know how great it's going to be, but I think with Tom Allen taking over the ranks, all that age and experience. On defense, I think their defense will be well. But Derek and I think Justin, you alluded this too. That offense, it's scary to me. Um, you know, d- does the quarterback play get over Penix? Like I don't know. I mean, obviously Penix was so injured and depleted last year. Like it's hard to tell where he was. But I, I think that's the big question mark when you look at Indiana in twenty twenty two. I agree. Uh... So the over-under for Indiana, all of these over-unders is uh, based off of Circa Sports. And Circa has the over-under set at four and a half. Since I started with Indiana, I'll lead with mine. And I have them at an under. I have them at an under as well. I have them as an over. You have over 4.5. Wow. Yeah, I, I do. I think Indiana this year, I, again, it, it's so interesting with Indiana. It's it's the what a difference a year makes. Because this time last year, I mean, if I, we could go back and look. I think the over, over under was seven and a half or whatever it was. And we were all thinking, yeah, could they do it again? Are they going to rebound? And a depleted year, 
injuries. I mean, a lot has changed. I'm not saying they're going to be great. I'm not saying they're going bowling, but yeah, I like the over in that one. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, God, I, I don't know. I, I won't do it. I want to put you on the spot and say which five, but I won't do that to you. I did not write down every game on my little book <laughs> right. here. Okay. Uh, Derek, take Maryland. All right. So last year, Maryland was six and six, uh, three and six in the Big Ten. They have eight returning starters on offense. They have seven returning starters on defense. Um, key players that they're coming back are obviously Talon Tagovailoa, uh, who was just phenomenal last year, and I think he'll be great again. Rakeem Jarrett, their their top wide receiver, uh, and uh, for key losses, I got I and I'm I'm gonna tear this up, but uh, Sam <laughs> Okananu. I have no clue how to say his last name. He was their defensive end, led the team with six sacks and eight and a half defensive tack, or, uh, tackles for loss. Uh, they also lost their top running back, uh, Tayon Fleet Davis. Tyler, help him out with these names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Uh, and uh, they're also losing their top tight end. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because I don't. Okanakwa, I guess. I'll, I'll say his last name is close to that. I have no clue how to say his last name, but they're top tight end last year. Uh, broke some records for him, I believe. Uh, anyway, so their, their non-conference schedule looks as Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU. Their crossover games are Purdue, Northwestern, and at Wisconsin. Uh Look, guys, this offense is going to be scary good. Like they, these guys, uh, with our, with your top re- returning wide receiver and Tagovailoa, man, he was so good last year. Twenty six touchdowns to eleven interceptions. Had uh, it completed sixty nine percent of his passes, thirty eight hundred and sixty yards pat rushing, set records, set school records for single-season yards, completions, completion percentage, passing touchdowns, and most 300-yard games with 700. Or I'm actually with 700. Seven, seven games of 300-yard games. I'm sorry. Uh, dude, he's just he, – he is his brother's little brother. He's good. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think I kind of took him for granted a little bit, and thinking maybe he wasn't quite as good as Tua. But he could be. I mean – He's scary. He's scary good, but defense I, I think is really going to struggle. They, man, they lost their top two tacklers, and that, that defensive end that they lost is going to be a, play a big, big factor. Uh, they also lost their top three 2021 recruits, all transferred out, and they were all defensive guys. Terrence Lewis, who I think all Husker fans will remember, uh, Damian Robinson, and Brendan Jennings. And to top it all off, they got a new defensive coordinator, and it's their fourth fourth defensive coordinator since 2019. So pretty much every single year that Mike Lockie's been there, he's had a new defensive coordinator, and that doesn't help with fluidity, and it kind of makes it seem kind of scary. I think. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I got, boys. Tyler. Well, Derek, I mean, you talk, hit on their offense. I, I don't know if I have a lot to add. I mean. They, they were 13th in the country in passing offense last year. You kind of hit on some of the highlights. 
They're 85th in total defense. I mean, you really hit it well. The name of this game is, are they going to be outscoring opponents? Um, now, what is on their side is, I think about all the Big Ten teams, they have about as bad of week uh, out of conference as you see. Um, you know, they really don't have any real threat. And they S- S- SMU could be a threat, I think. Okay. They start, they start with all three of those games. So there is a very good chance coming into at Michigan that they're going to be undefeated. Um, they also have that firepower. I mean, could they shock teams early with in the good weather with that offense? That's very possible. Um, a wide receiver that you didn't mention on the roster, Marcus Fleming, Nebraska fans will know him. I know that they're pretty high on him at this point in the season. I, I look for him to take major snaps, but I mean, Last year, they, they, they end up having a fairly good season. They turn things around, led by this offense. I mean, Tagovailoa might be the second-best quarterback in the conference. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. So it's hard to go too low on them. But not a great offensive line. About as bad a defense as you'll find. Do, do they have the firepower to overcome that? I, I don't know. Um, they'll, they'll win a few games because some weak schedules, but... Yeah, I I don't I I don't see great things. So the offensive line that's weak, they return all five starters uh, on the offensive line. And Derek, I don't know if you mentioned this on the wide receivers. If you did, I missed it. But you know that Raheem Jarrett, he's returning after a big year last year, eight hundred twenty nine yards. But they added in the Florida wide receiver uh, Jacob T- Copeland, who was their top wide receiver, and. Uh, he had 642 yards and four touchdowns there. Uh, you know, the running backs are average. But, yeah, you're, you're right about the defense. Defense, I don't know, I think they could be slightly improved last year. But in, in conference play, they were absolutely terrible. They gave up 39 points per game and 452 yards per game. I mean, so it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't get better from those numbers, right? But if they're going to do anything, the offense will have to carry – this team for sure. And they do have a lot of firepower there between a great quarterback, wide receivers. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see on the running backs. They, they, well, they appear. So right. Justin, I'm sorry. You, you mentioned the offensive line. So you're right. They do return all five starters and they do pretty well in pass protection, but the pick six previews um, has them ranked as the 81st ranked run push. So running offensive line, this team just doesn't generate holes. And when you don't have a great, plethora of running backs and you don't have that and you're in the big 10 which means come october november you're gonna need to be able to run the ball to some capacity that's where the offensive line starts to break down a little bit and Derek, you, you don't think they're the gonna same thing the about nebraska and you're high as shit on them no this is this is they are the purdue of the east they don't need to run the ball they're gonna throw it 40 times a game I, mean, I think the difference is Purdue's actually had some decent defense and a capable running back over the last couple of years. I mean, I, Purdue, I, I, has? I Purdue has. They've been like the worst running team in the Big Ten for like the last two years. They're, they didn't really try to run it last year either. <laughs> but they, <laughs> I mean, like, what I'm was that throwing. big? I can't think of his name right now. It starts with the. Xander Horvath is who you're thinking. I should remember because he's. But they never, but they never ran him. They, I mean, the guy had like 400 yards last year in 13 games or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they will be able to do it. I just, I, I do question 
here, here's the whole thing. Like, I feel bad for Tagovailoa because, look, that, this guy's going to have to score 40 points every single game to win it. He's going to have to throw a lot, yeah. Well, and you're right. And I guess back to on that thing, is there a defense right now, when I was looking at this, is there a defense you think that's going to be worse than Maryland in the, in the East? If there's one worse, it'd be Indiana. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're. I would probably think that Indiana would be the worst defense out of the East. But, yeah, I'm sorry, d- d- Maryland, that's what I meant. I don't know what I said. I mean, I, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, by, by the numbers, I mean, it, Maryland last year, I mean, they gave up the most, the, the most yard, well, the second most yards on defense. They gave up the most passing yards on defense. They gave up the most the second most points on defense. I mean, this defense was awful last year and I don't see it taking a major step forward this year. I don't see it taking any step forward this year. You're, you're right. But I'm also not sold that Indiana is going to take a huge step forward on defense either. And they were pretty close to being the worst defense in the big 10 last year. So like I said, I'm not saying Indiana will be worse off than, than Maryland. I'm just saying if there's a defense in the big 10 East, it'll be, it'll be to me, Indiana who's worse. But you're probably right. There's probably not one worse. All right, let's talk about the over-under here. Derek, the over-under uh, by Circus Sports is set at five and a half. I do have them at over. I, th- I do think they're bowl eligible this year. Tyler. I, I, they'll win some shootouts, I believe. Yeah, I, th- I think they start off strong, um, but they struggle in conference. I got them under. Under. Yeah, I have them at a slight over uh, in this one here, I just think the the teams that they play, I think they have some favorable matchups here. Where, uh, especially they're out of conference slate. I do have them winning over SMU, but that's going to be a fun game to watch. It that's should be a blast, real fun. If there's not a hundred points scored in that game, I'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. All right, so I have over. Derek, you have over. Tyler, you have under. All right, Tyler, you're up with Michigan. Well, the the returning Big Ten champions, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, last year they were twelve and two. Uh, they were eight and one in conference with the only loss against uh, Michigan State. They returned nine starters on offense and four on defense. Um, some of the key returners are Ryan Hayes, offensive lineman, Ronnie Bell, wide receiver, and Eric, all tight end. Um, the big losses are obviously the two guys up front on the defense and Aiden Hutchison and David Ajebo. Probably butchered that. And Hassan Haskins, that <laughs> running back. Um, in the non-conference, they, they get a pretty favorable uh, slate with Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. They do travel to Iowa and have Nebraska and Illinois at home. So, I mean, when I look at this team, I think it starts on the offense. And and that's really interesting looking at what Michigan was last year, completely led by the best defense uh, or one of the best defenses in the uh, conference, uh, the best pass rush. But they return almost all their starters, as I mentioned, nine, including a lot of guys up front. Um, They have... Arguably the best offensive line in the country, ranked number one by Pick 6 previews as the best offensive line in the conference. Um, And they do return two quarterbacks. And I think that quarterback is a really interesting position right now. As heading into fall camp, there's apparently a competition with Cade McNamara and uh, uh, don't have the other name written down. J.J. McCarthy. There it is. 
Thank you, Justin. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a real interesting thing. Um, just like last year, I think they're going to be able to get off to a good start with being able to run the ball early and be able to have things going. The question is really, where do they come back in defense? Um, that defense lost a lot of talent. Um, they, they'll get some times and be able to come back, but they lost their defensive coordinator along with their offensive coordinator. Um, so they're rebuilding a lot on that defensive side and seeing what's going to happen. Um, they, they, they lost seven starters are gone, but again, as I mentioned, they lost Heisman finalist Aiden Hutchison. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what this defense is really going to bring. I expect it to be good, but I think it is going to take a step back. I think this Michigan team's really going to be led by this offense. Derek? I tend to agree with you, and I, I, I'm not sold on Jesse Minner, the new defensive coordinator. Uh, he, he did really well. I think it was at Georgia State, if I remember right. Uh, he did really well. I think he even was uh, nominated for the Art Bro- or the Broyles Award for Best Assistant Coach. And, but then he went to Vanderbilt. And I, I understand that Vanderbilt was a very tough place to coach. But, man, he had 119th scoring defense, 107th rush defense, 114th pass defense, 118th total defense. And I'm just not convinced that this guy is going to be able to turn this inexperienced defense around right away. I mean, it's going to take some time, I think. And I think this defense could struggle when they're only re- – I, I, my Athlons only has uh, re- three returning guys on defense, one, off, one defensive line, one linebacker, and one defensive back. Uh, the the offense should be fine. I I know they got a new coordinator there too, but I, I'm with you, Tyler. Like I, I think this Blake Corum's going to be the go to guy, and I think he's a damn good running back. I, I'm sticking with Cade McNamara if I'm them. I think he was a pretty good quarterback, and I think that offense got better as the year went on. And I, I think that I think I think they continue to get better. I. I, I kind of like their offense a little bit. They return their top five receivers and three out of their five offensive linemen. I, 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 I like this offense. I, their defense scares me a little bit, but I, they're, they're, there's enough talent there. I think they'll be tough to beat. They'll be good. I, I, interesting thing real quick before I turn it over to Justin. So last year, if you remember Michigan, they started off the year with this huge heavy attack, and you mentioned their offense getting better as the season went on. They definitely started to air it out a little bit more, but – when I look at that offensive line, I, I'm really curious on their offensive philosophy. They, obviously, the new offensive coordinator coming in, I, I do wonder, are they going to be a pound the team? Because I think that's their bread and butter. I'm and, it, and if that's the case, the other quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, is that his name? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. He, he may be the, the starting quarterback because he is a more running quarterback than Cade McNamara is. Yeah. So I want to talk about that uh, the mentor. Uh Jesse Minner, uh, you talk about him being at Vanderbilt, right? But out of Power Five schools, they might have the worst roster in Power Five. I mean, you may be competing with one, maybe two schools in there for that worst spot. Yeah, but you're also in the weaker side of the SEC. It doesn't matter. It, they are so bad. I would not say that one year gives him – that's a throwaway year to me. It's a throwaway year to me. Uh, but going back to the offense here, uh, you know, that, that offensive line, it's going to be the best in the big 10. Uh, and plus they return nearly all their production at wide receiver. They didn't have a lot of, uh, guys with huge, uh, reception yards and stuff, 
but they were all fairly consistent. And uh, it looks like the five top re- uh, receivers are returning. Uh, Blake Corum, you're, you're right, Derek. I mean, he should be able to fill in for Haskins with these. Uh, he ran the ball quite well last year. He had 952 yards, 11 touchdowns last year. And as the main guy, you could probably see, maybe even see 1,800 out of him this year behind that offensive line. Uh, the defense, look, I get it. You know, replacing uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a tough task completely. So I don't know if they have a good edge rusher uh, there that could replace him. Probably not. He was He was pretty solid. But they do have loads of talent there despite just bringing in four starters. Uh, as I look at this Michigan team, I think there's a good chance that they will be favored in every single game except for Ohio State. The schedule isn't that tough for them uh, until it gets down to the final game. Well, uh, if, if you look at the East, uh, it, I, sorry, Doug, I'll let you in a second, but if you look at the East, they get the other two top teams, which I think we're all going to agree on outside of Ohio State, in Michigan State and Penn State at home. Yeah. And so, I mean... Their, their tough road matchups are at Iowa and Ohio State, which Ohio State throw the home field out. So, uh, I don't know. Derek, and can I just say, I want to say one more thing about Michigan. Uh, after saying all of that, they also probably have the best special teams in the country uh, with their, their kicker, Jake Moody. Uh, they got a kick returner, A.J. Henning. Uh, punter, Brad Robbins. I mean, they they're just... They are really loaded there. Punt returner, A.J. Henning. I mean, god dang. Great guys there. Uh, special teams. All right, Derek. All right, I'm going to go back to Jesse Minner. I'm sorry. I know this was like an, an eon ago now. But, look, you could talk about it being a throwaway year. But if I'm a Michigan fan, if there's any Michigan fans listen to us, let me know what you feel. But if I'm a Michigan fan, I am not happy with this hire. I'm hiring a guy off a throwaway year. And it's not like he had a ton of experience being a defensive coordinator before that. He had a couple, two or three years at Georgia State, and that was it. Other than that, he was a, a, a defensive backs coach in the NFL. So if you believe uh, Jim Harbaugh, when he was at Which Media nobody Days, believes Jim Harbaugh. Michigan fans don't believe Jim Harbaugh. But when, when that position came open last year, his brother John gave him two names. Uh, Mentor and the guy that he hired last year. I can't, the name escapes me right now, but... Uh, John Harbaugh took him away. So Jim Harbaugh hired, uh, interviews two guys, and he interviewed the other guy first, ended up giving him. But he said they're very similar. So if this is, is like 1A, 1B, if he's getting his 1B, he's probably getting the guy that he wants. And the name was Mike McDonald. Mike, there you go. I can, say, that, I can say that name. That's fine. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh can say what he wants. But but seriously, t- tell me as an, as a Nebraska fan, if uh, Mark Whipple was coming off a throwaway year and that was our our hire for offensive coordinator, would you be happy right now? So like if he was coming off of Pitt his very first year, yeah. No, Justin would not. Well, let's be clear. Justin is barely happy about Whipple after the best year in his career. So. That's not true. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, like, again, if there's any Michigan fans listening, let me know. Because I can't imagine being happy about this hire at all. Well, again, I think with Michigan, 
Like right now, if you're the one thing, the one thing they have going for them is I think there's plenty enough talent to make up for a lot of the players they lost. I don't think you just replaced Naden Hutchinson, but the rest of them I think are they they probably have enough talent to probably replace. I, I think the thing with Michigan is that if I'm a Michigan fan, or what I'm not a Michigan fan, what I expect of their defense is they're still going to have a good defense. I, I don't think this is going to turn into. We just talked about Maryland. Like there is that's, a that's fine. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. I don't I don't think it drops off to that level. No. no. And so, but I but I do feel it could be a, a decent drop off that we'll have fans not very happy. But again, you you put up an extra 14 points a game. You control the line of scrimmage. You control the clock. I mean, you, the offense is going to help this defense even more so than last year. Um, the 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 interesting thing is just going to come late in the year against Ohio State is does that defense have any remote chance of stopping that offense? And I don't want to bury the lead, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, let's get the over-under. He, he's going to have plenty of time to gel because his first six games... Oh, it's a cakewalk. I mean, it's a cakewalk with uh, Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland, at Iowa, at Indiana. I mean, there's not a lot of offensive powers that you're going to see there. I think uh, that defense will be... Didn't you just uh, say Maryland was in that top six games? Shit. So? <laughs> but, but, but I'm with you, Justin. I, th- I think that Maryland game is going to be interesting. I think that that'll be an interesting test. I think I alluded to that in the Maryland preview, but I, I go to this Michigan team, and I'm with you. I think they're going to get they're, they're gonna get off to a good start. And last year, we did not expect Michigan to be good. But what happened is, early in the year, they kept winning games, and I remember doing those podcasts like, what's going on in Ann Arbor? And they just kept rolling. And then you get Michigan State and Penn State at home. I mean, a lot of things on the schedule kind of line up for them. All right. The over-under, according to Circus Sports, is nine and a half. Tyler, where do you have them? I got over. Derek? I do have them slightly over, yes. I have them at 10 wins. Okay. Yep, I have 10 also, so all three of us are at over. All right, that brings me to Michigan State. And this is, for some reason, this is a really fun team for me to uh, take a look at. Uh, they were 11-2 and last year, 7-2 and in conference. They beat Pittsburgh 31-21 to in that Peach Bowl. You know, the one that pissed off Pat Narduzzi so much. Uh, With, without Kenny Pickett, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that. Don't forget that because damn it, if he would have been there, they would have beat him. But th- this is going to be Mel Tucker's third year. He had that 2020 year where you know his first year, COVID year, sucked. But he had an amazing year last year. Uh, this year, for returning starters, he has five on offense, nine on defense, including the four top tacklers last year. The key returners, there's. Several of them, but I'm just going to keep it down to a couple here. Uh, quarterback Peyton Thorne, he's a sophomore. Wide receiver Jaden Reed, he was a 1,000-yard uh, receiver last year with 10 TDs. Key losses is, you know, obviously running back Kenneth Walker III. He only had over 1,600 yards rushing and 18 TDs. That's going to be tough to replace. Uh but you look at their schedule, out of conference, they have Western Michigan, Akron, and at Washington. That at Washington game will be a very fun game. Crossovers, you know, it's a little bit tough here. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and at Illinois. Uh, 
So the offense, they brought in running back Jalen Berger uh, from Wisconsin, who was booted off the team, and running back Jarek Broussard from Colorado, and he led the team with 661 yards last year. They returned two on offensive line. Uh, they have a pretty good wide receiving core with Jaden Reed and Trey Mosley. Their defense, it should be improved from last year. They returned lots of experience, plus add a defensive end from Florida, uh, a linebacker from Mississippi State, and UNLV's best defensive player at linebacker. So uh, their defense sucked last year at times. Their pass defense was terrible, but I think it's going to uh, improve uh, a lot in year three for Mel Tucker. Uh, Derek? Uh, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that. I'm not, I'm not convinced their defense is going to improve a ton. It might improve some. I don't know if it's going to improve a ton. How much are they going to miss Kenneth Walker? That's probably key number one of this whole yeah. thing right here. So I'm, and it's going to be a lot. I I know they got some other guys. I get it. Uh, I, they, they, I, I don't know. That Jarek Broussard from uh, Colorado – had had a, had a pretty decent year with 661 yards rushing, but he only had like two touchdowns. Is is he going to be able to be a, anywhere near a playmaker that Kenneth Walker was? No. Without without with, and that's the problem is I don't without Kenneth Walker I don't know what this offense is going to look like. I know that Peyton Thorne's a pretty good quarterback. I maybe one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and uh, but. I, and I know they got what, – what was the wide receiver's name? I know you mentioned him. I'm sorry. Talk about Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. Reed. But aren't they missing Jalen Na- Naylor, too, who was their second yeah, best he's receiver? Uh, I, I think that hurts him a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think they take a, a step back by a large margin, but I think at the end of the day they'd probably end up taking a step back. So you're like talking step back from like 10 regular season wins? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, so I guess a little bit to unpack there. So you talk about Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed. A trivia fact, if you didn't know it, they played uh, high school together. And if you didn't know that, wait till Big Ten football, because I guarantee that's going to be something brought up quite a bit. Secondly, Derek, I am a lot higher on those running backs they brought in. Are they going to be Kenneth Walker? I mean, that's a a tall task. But, I mean, you brought in a really great Pac-12 player. Uh, what I think he was Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. Uh, and then you brought in a guy who started at Wisconsin and Berger for, to start his freshman campaign. So they've got talent there. And he, and he was so bad they replaced him with a guy. What did he get kicked off the team for, though? What was that all about? Do you guys know? I have no I don't clue. Know. But, but, but where Michigan State falls apart is offensive line. Guys, I don't know if you remember the Nebraska game last year, but our defense, the reason why we didn't allow a first down, because we got after them. And their offensive line is ranked 10th on the pick six previews in the Big Ten. It's not good. Uh, Justin, you talk about their defense. I mean, the, their defense was gave up the most yards in the Big Ten. I, I don't know. Like, they might be better. I, I, I think they could be better, but, like, how much better are they going to be now the second worst defense in the Big Ten? Like, no, their front seven's going to be good. They'll, they'll be better. I just, I'm not seeing this. I don't think they get to the top half of defense. So, I, I mean, I might be hyperbolic here, but like, I think that their skill position with quarterback all is the best in the Big Ten. And I'm putting that over Ohio State. Um, I think it's that legit. I think Jaden Reed is 
arguably going to be the best wide receiver in the conference. Peyton Thorne is probably a top three or four quarterback. Um, and I think that their running backs will be more than serviceable. So I think they are really stout at skill position. But with no offensive line, a bad offensive line and a bad defense, like I just don't know if they're going to catch this lightning in the bottle without the all-star, all-American and Kenneth Walker. I think that, that they are a very intriguing team to break down. I think they had about as much fun with that. But, yeah, that, that's my thing. Great skill positions, great talent around, a lot of flash. Not a lot of meat and potatoes. Okay. Uh, so the over-under, according to Circus Sports, is 7.5 for Michigan State. I have them going over. I have them going over as well. I have them going under. Um, you have them going under 7.5? Yeah, I mean, I think the trip to Washington early in the season is going to be a tough test for them to go out west. I think you look at the Minnesota crossover game, that's not going to be an easy moment for them. Uh, even on the road against Illinois, I mean, I don't know. I think that they, they have opportunities to trip up in that schedule. Um, so, yeah, I got under. And Wisconsin. I, forgot, I forget Wisconsin in there. but Didn't you have Illinois as our third easiest game? But it's not third easiest for Michigan State, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, they, they, they get they get Western Michigan and Akron, and yeah, we get Illinois at home. I just had to give you a hard time. I'm no, sorry. No, I, I get. I, I think that. I mean, guys. I mean, again, they go on the road at Michigan. I just when I started looking up their games, I just start, found me put a lot of L's on the board, and I just started seeing me like, and I got there. I'm not saying they're not going to miss a bowl. I don't. I don't have them that fall off. Um, but yeah. I so think. you're suggesting that they may lose all of their crossover games. I'd Minnesota, Wisconsin, I'd, at Illinois. I think Illinois is a sneaky game for them on the road after they play Michigan. The week after they play Michigan, I think that's a sneaky game. Okay. So I, I'm not I, saying I have to I, lose I, that game. I just say that was a game that when I looked at, I I I had a I I, I had a I skipped that one on my initial walkthrough. I was like, I don't know what I think about this one. <laughs> I actually have them at nine wins. I. Again, I think they take a slight step back from last year, but it's not going to be much. You, I, I guess I, I have them at nine wins. Also, I'm going to tell you something. I've been asking you guys a question. It's something that I did not want to get into. But do you guys have them winning at Washington? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, I got them losing that game. So, I mean, you know who their quarterback is, right? I, as I already said it earlier in the show. It's Penix. Yeah. He's going to be healthy. We actually we we don't. I I don't know for sure. I know he transferred there. I don't know. Is he starting? Is projected. I mean, who who knows at uh, the fall camp? I mean, who's going to start at Nebraska? Casey Thompson. I, I mean, next question, dumbass. No, I don't know. I, I, I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think going to Washington is going to be a tough game for them. I, I do. I, I just think that you guys really balked at me thinking that their specialists are so good. So I'm shocked that. I guess I don't understand this. When I made the comments about how good their specialists were, you guys both kind of gave me looks like, what are you talking about? So You I, said top in the league, though. You know, I mean, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, he, he's going to be the number one wide receiver in the Big Ten. Jade Reed will be up there, but I mean, okay, okay, that's, that's, that's why I made that face. That, that's like, fair. Yeah, I, I guess receiver. my question is, look, look, I think they're going to be great. Here's a, pro- here's a problem. Here's a problem. Is you, you're saying they're going to be number one in, in, in those skill positions, yet – 
Ohio State might have three Heisman hopefuls out of their top three skill positions. Put Ohio State aside. Let's put Ohio State in its own class. Okay, so are you guys – how high is Michigan State in this category? I mean, are they number two then? If you think I, – I, I just – I think that at the end of the day, I, I, I like Reed. I mean, are they number two? No, I, I would say Maryland's number two. So my question is, is if you're not that high on them, how do you see them winning nine games? Because their defense is bad. Their defense not, is with Maryland. Not, I don't think that their defense will be bad this year. I think their defense will be pretty decent. Uh, I guess that's where we're different. Because, I think their defense is trash. Because I like the way their schedule sets up. And I don't, I, I don't find Washington a tough game for them. I, I, it should be a fun game, but I don't think it's that tough of a game for them. Uh Minnesota at Michigan State. I'm, I'm not buying Minnesota quite yet, so I we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I just I'll, I'll tell you right now my three losses for them, and it's really unfortunate for them because I got about three in a row. But I have Ohio State, Wisconsin bye week, and then lost to Michigan. I have the exact same, Derek. Exact same. Well, I think we're about to get to another loss that I have for them here. Oh, we have two teams, I guess. In two in two games, we have another loss I have for them. Oh, Penn State! Can't <laughs> wait for you to introduce that team. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get to Ohio State, Derek. All right, I'm gonna breeze through this a little quickly because I we all know what Ohio State is. They are the beast of all beasts. Uh, they were ten and two last year with an eight and one Big Ten record. Uh, they got six returning on offense, five returning on defense. Key returners, I, I could go probably on forever, but I'm just going to mention the three, C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo. Uh, key losses, uh, they they lost Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and I that worries me a little bit for Ohio State, but they recruit so much at wide receiver, I'm not sure how much it hurts them. And then uh, they also lost Haskell Garrett, who I, statistically wasn't that great, but... I think he was a huge leader on that defense. Uh, for non-conference games, they have Notre Dame to start the year. Now, that's probably the game we're all looking forward to. Uh, after that, it's just Arkansas State and Toledo. Uh, crossover games, they, they, ha- they, they have a pretty sneaky, tough crossover schedule. They got to play Wisconsin, Iowa, and at Northwestern. And I, I, I think that's pretty a pretty tough schedule for any any team really but even for Ohio State I think it's a little tough uh strengths I mean everything like whatever top to bottom their strengths are good if you want to go into weaknesses I, I and this is me nitpicking here uh their defense struggled quite a bit at times last year uh and they got a new defense coordinator and Jim Knowles uh, can he turn it around in, in year one? Now, there's enough talent to turn it around. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the other thing, though, that I think was uh, a little sneaky that people don't realize is their offensive line struggled in their two losses. Against Oregon and Michigan, that offensive line really struggled quite a bit. Uh, so can they fix that? Uh, again, again, that's kind of nitpicking because we all know they have a good offensive line. I'm not trying to say that they don't have a good offensive line because they struggled in two games. But, you know, I we'll see what happens. You got you still got to improve if you want to be a national championship team. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I, when I – we know what the offense is. 
Um, maybe maybe I'm sorry. I I do think they're gonna miss Olave and Garrett Wilson. I think they both helped. Uh, I think they both help that offense a lot more. I'll be a little bit interested with they're gone, how the spacey works out for the other guys. They'll be great at wide receiver. They'll be fine. I just I do think that they're missing two first round caliber guys isn't something that's just so easy to overcome. Uh, but we're, really, where I want to focus on is don't defense. hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before we move on, the only reason I'll say that it's that it's re, they're replaceable is because all they recruit is four and five star guys. And Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, is there Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, like, like they're they're there. Yeah. It, I, I can they can they be as effective as those game. two? I don't know, but the talent's there. I, again, I yeah, I mean that's fair. And uh, again, really good. But what I wanted to focus on is defense. So. Um, as, as I mentioned, I, I pick six previews. Shout out to them. Great thing. Uh, they have Ohio State as the most returning defensive production in the Big Ten. Sixth in the country. So not just numbers, guys that actually contributed. And you add in Jim Knowles. And for people who are not familiar with Jim Knowles, he was the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. And if you really haven't been paying close attention to Big 12 football, you may be thinking, Oklahoma State... Man, that's an offensive school. Not lately, not under Knowles. That he turned them into a defensive powerhouse. So when you're looking at all that talent, I, I know that the big soundbite from Big Ten Media Days with Ryan Day saying they could have a top ten defense. And no, I don't think they'll have a top ten defense, but I mean I, I do think that they could end up with one of the top two or three defenses in the Big Ten East. And when you look at that with that offense, like, I mean, watch out. I mean, th- this team is going to be better than it was last year. Um, Derek, you mentioned the non-con schedule. That It's brutal. I mean, it's about as bad of a draw as you can get. Um, crossovers, yeah. yeah. The crossovers I mean, are tough. Um, I mean, it, it, it is going to be an interesting outside, outside of maybe Northwestern, but... I mean, as as any fan knows, going to Northwestern is always a tough game. Well, I mean, I mean, they they also go. I mentioned this with Michigan that they get lucky; they get Penn State and Michigan State at home. Ohio State has to go on the road for both of those games. So, I mean, there there are opportunities for this team to trip up. Uh, they're they are the juggernauts of the team. They're the best. Uh, the over under on this, I'll get ahead of that before Justin goes. I is bullshit. I hate Vegas for it. It's a perfect line. But it, it's a it yeah they're they're juggernauts of the East. All right, so I'm going to talk about the offense really quick. Uh, this is to counter what you said about Michigan State, Tyler. But Oklahoma or Ohio State collectively, they have the best skill position uh, players in the conference with all their talent. Collectively, they are the best in the conference. Michigan State's they're up there, but. Guaranteed. Just, Ohio just to reiterate, just, just to reiterate to that, Justin, CJ Stroud threw seventy-two percent of his passes for forty-four hundred and thirty-five yards, and that's not even the most impressive part. The most impressive part is he had forty-four touchdowns and only six interceptions. That's pretty good. Like, like yeah, I, anybody's taking that on their team. Okay, okay, I stand corrected. I I am more just thinking. I thought Jaden Reed. I think Jaden Reed's the best wide receiver in the Big Ten. How about that? Okay, Jackson Smithings and, and Jigba had sixteen hundred and six yards last year receiving. Well, that's because like he had like six hundred against Nebraska. 
He, and he had he had two other wide receivers that were supposed to be better than him yeah, they on took the a team lot last year. They took a lot of coverage away from him. A lot of single coverage. They'll be a little bit different this year. It, and, and then the running back, who everybody we're not even hardly talking about, had 1,255 yards and 15 touchdowns, and then had 312 receiving yards with four more touchdowns on top of okay, that. Okay, okay, you convinced me. I am wrong. Ohio State is better <laughs> skill position. I love it. I love it. I love it anytime Tyler says he's wrong. So I, I, want, I want to throw this in here real quick. I just got to ask this. Can Jackson Smith and Jigba, can he have 2,000 yards receiving no. This coming yes. year? No. I, yes. I am not. I, I that that is one thing I'm not. I he's a good wide receiver. He he's probably top he's 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 a great wide receiver. I think that he got a lot of single coverages and big plays that he will not see this year. He's less than four hundred yards away. And a possible Heisman candidate. I there's a, he he ranks higher than most Big Ten players do. And, and uh, according to my bookie, as far as best odds to win the Heisman, he ranks higher than most other Big Ten players. The, o- the only player I think that was ranked higher than him was C.J. Stroud. Do you guys want to see him get to 2,000? No. Kind of. I do. I think that would be like, phenomenal just to, just to watch. We we don't play him. Who, why yeah. do I give yeah, a shit? We forgot that. That's the headline of their crossovers. No Nebraska. Thank God. Hey. Thank God. All right, let's get into the over-under. So for our listeners out there, these are Tyler's rules here. You cannot pick the push. It is over-under. Fortunately, for the first uh, few games that we or few teams that we've previewed, we've always had the hook. We're losing the hook on the final three games here. So Ohio State, the over-under is at 11 by Circus Sports. So I want to make Tyler... Go first on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is stupid. Uh, I'm going to go under. Um, oh, my God. I don't feel good about it. I just I just You think, lost all credibility. I just think with that crossover schedule, going to Michigan State and Penn State, starting the year with Notre Dame, even though I think they'll beat Notre Dame. Like, I, I, I really have one loss, but there's a lot more like, God, could they trip up here? Hell, Michigan. I think Michigan's a really good team, even though I think they'll beat Michigan. I could see Michigan beating them again. Like, I, I just, I just don't think they'll go undefeated. I think the defense will be good. I think the offense will be great. I just, I have a hard time picturing them to go undefeated. So I, I guess I'm gonna go under. So do you regret making the stupid ass rule where you can't take? Take the a push? stand. Take a stand in life, Justin. All right, Derek. Though- All right, so 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 eleven is the perfect number because I'm with you, Tyler. I don't know if I see him going undefeated. Here's the biggest problem I have: I don't see anything on their schedule that could give them a second loss. So I I can't go under. I have to go over because they have. I I, I guarantee you they're favored in every one of these games. To to just to point to that, Notre Dame, they're fourteen and a half point favorites in that game already. So I, I just I don't see I, I can't see a, a no, Ohio State slipping up in two different games. So I, I have to go over. If I if you're gonna make me take a stand, I'll go over. Yeah, and I want to take a stand. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna go over because the bare minimum that I see is 11. If they were to slip up against Michigan, but if you're forcing me to take a stand, 
Uh, I I'll take that over, and uh, yeah, I won't lose any money on that push line. But yeah, over. I think I think there's a better there's a hell of a lot better chance that they go undefeated than lose two games this year I, in the conference. Agreed. When I looked at all of these East teams, there is a huge separation between. Ohio State. So before I did this little exercise, I thought that little window was closer between Ohio State and Michigan. I think there's a lot more separation than what I initially did. So that one and two, there's a little bit wider margin. And then the other teams in there, including Penn State, yeah, that's that's another tier below. Especially with the defensive coordinator hires. And I know, Justin, you don't seem to think Jesse Manor is a bad hire, but I still don't believe in him. And Jim Knowles, I do believe in because I know what Jim Knowles has done. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely won there. I guess my question is maybe just real quick. So between Michigan and Ohio State, who's going to have the better defense in twenty twenty two? Between who? Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State. I think they'll be comparable. I, I mean, I think they'll both be pretty decent. I think I'd give the slight edge to Michigan still. I just think that they're they're closer along. I, I just I just think Michigan lost too much. I, there's just not enough returning starters. I, and again, I'm not, I'm not sold on Jesse Minner. I, I Ohio State has nothing but four and five star guys playing, and they have. I mean, I mean Jim Knowles going to come in with the most talent he's ever seen. Again, not not saying they're not going to be good. I just I I yeah I think so. That- so I wouldn't be shocked, Tyler, like uh, to see. Uh, Ohio State be better, but also, when's the last time that we've really seen a good defense out of Ohio State? Because they've, I mean, by elite standards, they've had a subpar defense. Oh, yeah. They've been the last four or five years. They, I mean, they, they have been right around the mediocrity. I think. I mean, I, I well, I actually do have this open. I mean, I think when you look at last year, I mean, their defense was statistically worse on yards per game than Nebraska. Doesn't mean I mean obviously we thought we had a pretty good, you know, defense last year, but like we weren't great. I mean they've been average to good, and I think they're gonna be really good this year. I, again, hey, it's say tough. what you want. Just, we we did we did hold Ohio State to the least amount of points they scored all year. Yeah. I, I again I I do think that Ohio State is gonna be the best team in the West. I I I don't know if I agree with you, Justin, that the gap between them and the rest of the East particularly Michigan, is gigantic. I think that gap is closer than you're letting on. I, I think so. Okay. Um, well, Tyler, let's talk about your uh, golden team here, Penn State. Well, guys, th- so last year, uh, Penn State went 7-6, and 4-5 um, and five in conference. They lost their bowl game against Arkansas. They returned seven starters on offense and four on defense. Among the key starters, uh, returners, are Jayer Brown, defensive back, Joey Porter Jr., defensive back, and Parker Washington, wide receiver. Um, guys that they lost are Jahan Dotson, uh, one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten, probably got underrated. Um, and then Arnold Epka, who was a second-round pick last year. Um, their non-conference games are Ohio at Auburn in Central Michigan, and their crossovers are at Purdue and at home against Northwestern and Minnesota. So when you look at when you look at Penn State, I think you want to start with their offense. And 
the guy who's been there since it seems like we've been in the Big Ten, Sean Clifford's coming back again. Uh, Sean Clifford's coming back. At times in his career has looked really good. At times, not so much. Uh, their overall offense, their especially the running game, is going to be really interesting this year um, as their running game has really struggled as of late. But this year, they bring in two of the... Well, let me take a step back. They bring in the number six recruiting class in the country. They brought in more five stars than every team except Georgia and Alabama. I'm sorry, Georgia and A&M. So, including Alabama and Ohio State, brought more or equal five stars to them. Among those is the number one running back in the country and Nick Singleton. They also brought in a high four-star who was their number six recruit in the class from IGM Academy. So, I would expect a lot of young guys. IMG. IMG. Um, I would expect a lot of young guys taking snaps at running back. Um, they did lose a lot on defense last year. They lost seven uh, guys who were honorable mentioned all Big Ten or better. Um, so a lot of talent left this team on defense. But I think their offense this year is going to take a step forward. And when I look at Penn State, I look at them a lot like Nebraska. They, they lost five games by single-digit losses. So if they had turned the, a couple of those into victories, you know, you remember the Iowa, the, the dreaded Illinois game? The nine overtime disaster. I mean, if they turned a couple of those into wins, um, they definitely could have had a season right there with it. They started off strong last year, beating Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I think I think that they they had a lot in front of them. Did couldn't close it out. I think this year with the best secondary in the Big Ten, um, I, I think that they'll be much improved. Nine overtimes and thirty eight points scored overall. Worst college football <laughs> game of all time most it was yeah but it was so exciting to watch <laughs> yeah until they went to the two-point conversion show oh, we won't get into that oh yeah all right go ahead Derek. so tyler you're talking about their offense being improved i'm not buying it you lose Jahan dotson dude he was their offense last year like that was i mean sean clifford looked for Jahan dotson numerous times and that was his go-to guy I think Sean Clifford's not a great quarterback. Uh, and I and without Jahan Dotson, I, I don't know what they bring to the table. Where I do think Penn State makes the uh, biggest jump is on defense. Because one thing you fry, I, I don't know if you didn't mention it or I just didn't hear it, is the fact they hired Manny Diaz as their new defensive oh, yeah. coordinator. I didn't mention and that. I think that was probably the fact that I think that is probably the best hire in the Big Ten right now as far as coordinators go. I think he is a great defensive coordinator. He was not a good head coach, and that's fine, but he was a great defensive coordinator, which is why he got the head coaching job to begin with. Uh, I, there's talent all over that defense. Uh, I, I, linebacker, they're probably playing a little thin. Uh, not much experience at the, at the linebacker level, but I think the talent level's there. And so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I, I think Manny Diaz... Being one of the best hires turns that defense around really quick, and I think that I think a defense holds that probably keeps them in more games than anything. So I want to go with the positives real quick. And look, Dotson replacing Dotson is going to be tough, but they did a good job. 
They went out to the portal and they grabbed a uh, wide receiver from Western Kentucky, Mitchell Tinsley. He had 1,400 yards at Western Kentucky last year receiving. It's in the FCS. That's not FCS, damn it. <laughs> it's group of five, Tyler. Oh, yeah, F- F- FBS. See, uh, the, it's all FCS. <sighs> Can't read my own handwriting. Dyslexic, dyslexic cousins is really taxing on me. Uh, but I got to say, Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford is the most hated quarterback in college football for me. I hate the fact that he went out and conspired with Kevin Warren about TV revenue all of a sudden. And I don't, I don't know if though is there a guarantee that he's even going to start? Is he going to be taxed taxed by uh, any competition? I mean, they brought in like the number two quarterback in the country, five star yeah. quarterback. So I gotta imagine there's a shorter leash for him. But and he lost his job, you know, yeah. last year at times last year, twenty twenty. He lost it when before yeah. Nebraska. But I can't express how much I hate this guy. I really despise Sean Clifford. I really despise him. Hey, the man, his money. Oh, that's because he knows there's no more future after this season in football for him. He's done. He wants to rake in as much TV revenue. and Sam Keller 2.0. That's exactly who he is, Sam Keller 2.0. Uh, but anyway, what you guys are saying about the defense, yeah, the defense should be good. Uh, you know, even with just four restarting, returning starters, I mean, there's there's talent there. Manny Diaz, he's he's great. So uh, let's talk about the over under. Uh, Tyler, over under according to Circus Sports is eight games. Yeah, I I really hate these without the hook. Um, that does. This is your rule, asshole. Well, how about let's make Vegas put some hooks in this. Um. I I think their offense is going to be good. I I think that their defense is going to be good. I don't know if anything about this team like just screams excellence. I think they're 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 just an all around really good team. I am really excited for what they're going to bring at young running backs. I think they're going to kind of get back to the the days of Penn State actually having a ball. Um, they were close last year. I think they're on a little bit of redemption tour with kind of a decently looking schedule. I don't buy Auburn as a threat. Um, can I say something about the running backs? Yeah. This is like, they haven't had a scary running back. I mean, well, they usually have scary running backs. This is like a year where there's not a running back on this roster that I see that even scares me. Are, do you see it the same way? I, 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 when I see the number one high school running back, I think high school kids can come in and play. I mean, they got the number one. Right off one. the bat. You think coming in right off the bat that, okay. I mean, Braylon Allen. I mean... I, I, I pray that Allen didn't play till about game four or five. Well, Do you know he was only seventeen when he played? All right, yeah, that, anyway. that, that's going to be Jaden Reed, and uh, we're going to get so tired. They're, they're playing in high school together. I, I think they'll be good. I'm going to go over. I, I, I like the, the over there. Over, okay, Derek. Uh, Tyler, I want to rebuttal your hatred for the no hook from Vegas. Because I think these are the easiest ones to bet. If I were to bet any of these future bets like this, which I don't do because I don't like keeping my money tied up for the whole year. But if I were to bet, like, go over with it. There's a good chance you're getting your money back anyways. It's probably going to be a push. That's fair. So I, I think they're, I mean, if you if you're, if you like making the future bets, these are good bets to make. Uh, however, uh, I, I'm going to go over on this. I, 
I like I like Penn State's uh, crossover games. I I really like Auburn. Like so, Athlons, and I'm, I'm going to tell you guys this because I found this just mind blowing to me. Athlons has Penn State losing to to Auburn, and they have Penn State ranked fourth in the Big Ten East, but they have Auburn ranked dead last in the SEC West, going six and six. And somehow they think that Auburn's going to beat the fourth best team in the Big Ten East. And I don't see that happening. Uh, at any rate, I, I'm going to go slightly over on this. Pick me, pick me, because I have I have Penn State losing to Auburn. In fact, I have them going under at seven. And I thought, I, yeah, but that's only because you hate the quarterback so much. No, I mean, I, I was looking at the whole team. I was looking at the team. And uh, you told me you were going to pick under because you hated Sean Clifford from the second you heard Sean Clifford was doing these meetings with with Kevin Warren. Yeah, but when I started looking, did a deep dive into the team, I'm like, shit, I was right. They can't win that many. I mean, I think eight is about as many as they can win. Uh, But for Tyler's rules here, uh, I I went with the under. I think. I think seven is more likely than nine looking at this team and what they return and given what they have. Because there's there's not a lot on this roster that th- – this roster lacks star power for a Penn State team this year. So I, It's not I, a typical Penn State so team. I will say I, I alluded to this, I think, with nothing popping off as special. But I, I misspoke and you definitely did. What, what pops is their secondary. Uh, Jair got Brown, good secondary but, guys. Yeah, I mean, he led the country in interceptions last year. Like, I mean, he, he's a projected first team All American, probably in all three of the publications we're looking at. Like, I mean, he is he is a real deal, and I mean, their secondary will be good. I again, I just think when you bring in the talent that they brought in this last cycle, and Sean Clifford, I know you hate him, and he'll lose them a game or two. I just I think that they just, they were, again, if I'm going to give Nebraska the benefit of the doubt for being close, I got to do the same for Penn State. I think they find a way to turn a couple of those one possession losses into wins. And I think okay. they match up really, really well with that Purdue early on. I think that is just an awful game. And that's Purdue. another game that I have as a loss for Penn State. Oh, yeah. No, I well. think they destroy Purdue. I, Purdue's not going to pass on them. I don't know about destroy. I think it's a really good game, and I went back and forth on that game a lot. I did ultimately give uh, uh, Penn State the win in that game. Uh, Manny Diaz, but Manny Diaz, I think will figure out a way to slow down Jeff Brom's offense. But I, that that game could go either way. I, I that that game would not shock me either which well, way it went. We all know that. I, spoiler alert for next week: I'm going to be a lot lower on Purdue than these guys. All right, so let's uh, talk about Ruggers. This is our last team out of the Big Ten East. Last year they were 5-8, and 2-7 and seven in conference. They did make it to a bowl game. They lost to Wake Forest. Uh, they returned six on offense and six on defense. Key, returner, key returners is uh, strong safety Christian Isian. Uh, he had nine tackles for loss. He's a junior. Cornerback Max Belton. He's a sophomore with three interceptions last year. Key losses, wide receiver Bo Melton. He was the offensive MVP last year. And uh, linebacker, Tyler, help me out on this name. Uh, Ola 
Covey Fatakasi. Nailed it. <laughs> so there's schedule. Say, hey, say it three times fast. <laughs> Look in a mirror and say it three times fast <laughs> with the lights out and a candle. Okay. Out of, out of conference, they have at Boston College in their uh, opener, Wagner and at Temple. It's kind of strange for a Power 5 team to have two road uh, non-conference games, but that's a different conversation. Crossover games, Iowa, Nebraska, and at Minnesota. So Hold looking on. at this. What, what, what two games do you have them on the road? At Boston College and at Temple. Yeah, that's what they're I at, They're at Boston College? Okay. I guess I thought I thought I had written down that Boston College was at home. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they have two road out-of-conference games, but whatever. So their offense. So there's a good possibility that redshirt freshman uh, Gavin Winsett takes the starting spot from quarterback uh, Noah Vedrill, who was very mediocre not only last year but in his entire time at Rutgers, you know, nothing special, wasn't bad, just mediocre. But speaking of mediocre, I mean, the running backs and wide receivers, they lack any star power coming back. Uh, the offensive line, they returned three of five starters. Uh, maybe the quarterback change can spark a little bit something there on offense, but it's not really looking good. And then you look at the defense, and they're bringing in a new defensive coordinator also. Uh, Joe Harris-Simiak uh, is a co-defensive coordinator at Minnesota last three years. Uh, but they have a lot of question marks there. Uh, but, well, with the loss of uh, Fatakasi, Fatakasi at linebacker, they have a lot of question marks at linebacker, but the defensive line and secondary, they should be okay for a Ruggers, uh, for a Ruggers team. The most interesting thing about Ruggers is their special teams. Uh, they have a pretty darn good special teams unit. Uh, they could be the second best in the Big Ten behind Michigan. They got a punter who's a Ray Guy candidate, uh, punter Adam Corsack. And then, of course, they got a guy named Aaron Krishake at punt returner and kick returner. We all know what he can do against Nebraska. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's there's not a lot of great things about uh, this Ruggers team. I mean, Greg Schiano, he has his hands full, uh, getting them back to that little point of being five and seven regular season. That's a tall task for what they have coming down, and it looked really good for a while what they had going on in recruiting, but. I don't know if that stuff is ever going to materialize. They've had a lot of transfers out, you know, bringing a few people, but it's that's a tough task right there. Derek? Uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to talk about Crookshank because I don't like that guy. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that's another guy. It seems like he's been in the Big Ten for like a thousand years. I, he's returned, I don't know, like 60 return, uh, kickoff returns against Nebraska. <laughs> Can he just please graduate and go away? Um, I like this defensive coordinator hire. Uh, I think he did a really good job at at, at Minnesota. Uh, my my only worry with that defense is the linebackers, and I know you kind of talked about it, Justin, but 
Uh, Moses Walker also left for the NFL. Uh, and then they, or I'm sorry, the, the, no, I'm sorry. The one you mentioned went left for the NFL. Say Moses that name because Wa- I can't say it. I, I can't say it. I didn't, write it. I didn't write it down because I knew I couldn't say it. So uh, Moses Walker was supposed to be like the replacement. He's supposed to be the next guy up. But he's a, he's now out with an eight, with a season-ending ACL tear. Uh, Mohamed Torre also is, that sounds like he's going to miss significant time. Who was another linebacker that they <laughs> were anticipating being a big guy, and so so they're very very thin at linebacker. In fact, I think one of their secondary guys had to move up to outside linebacker because they were so short. Uh, which not that that's that's a big surprising thing. I mean that happens a lot. You get a safety move up to a linebacker. I just, with, with the inexperience of playing linebacker, you wonder what he's going to end up doing. Uh, their secondary is going to be pretty strong. Defensive line could be pretty decent. It, this defense, to me, is probably going to be the leader of the team, quote unquote. Yeah, I agree. But, but I'm with you. Like I, this is a tough season for for Greg Schiano. And his staff, and I do that punter. Um, not only you talked about how good this punter is; he's so good that Athlons has him as first team All American. Yeah. So I mean, they, they have him basically as the best punter in the country already. Uh, I mean, he averaged I, almost forty six yards a punt last year. But but how how much is a punter going to win you games outside of Iowa? We we all know Iowa wins games with punters, but. Besides Iowa, how many how many other teams are winning games with punters? We would have won a lot more games with a punter last year. <laughs> at least one. I, yeah, at least one. I don't I don't know if it was a lot of more games. It was special teams, yeah. pretty much as a whole. Tyler, uh, get in here on Ruggers. I, I don't have a lot to add on this. I mean, I guess I'll just kind of start with the headline. I think Rutgers is the worst team in the Big Ten. Uh, I, I, if you are going to look at this team, I think you are going to look at defense. Uh, as bad as the defense was last year, finishing third to the bottom in the Big Ten, it was a lot better than it was in 2020. Uh, it improved about 50 yards a game. It took a whole touchdown off the scoring. Derek, you hit some of the injuries. That gives me a lot of pause for how good they could be. Had they been healthy, like this is a team that might have had middle-of-the-pack defense but they're not, so they're going to be bad, and that's the strength of this team. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do on offense. I don't know if it's Noah Vedral. I, I mean, I, I do think Noah Vedral kind of gets a little bit beat up too much for, I think, how he's played. Um, I think he's been okay, but at the end of the day, I just I don't think they have an offense to do this. Um, lastly, I think their schedule is just brutal. Um, not only you guys hit on the two non-conference games that are on the road, but then you add in the fact, I think they're the only Big Ten team, I, I believe, definitely the only one out of the East, but I believe the only Big Ten team that, ha- that happens to. But really tough crossover games with Nebraska, Minnesota, and Iowa. The, the, we're about to get in the over-under, but for them to make a bowl, the question is, can they go beat the Indianas? Can they go 3-0 in non-conference? That's on the table. Boston College is trash. Um, Boston College is a bad... No, you think Boston College is good? I mean, I'll just say this. Pick no, six, I'm not going to say they're no, good. I, I, will, I, will tell, I will tell you this. They are seven-point underdogs to Boston College right now. 
Pick six previews has uh, Boston College better team than uh, Rutgers for its worth, but I, 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 they're, they're not a good team, and and I'm not saying they're going to win this, but they they need to go three and zero non conference, hope to beat uh, the the Indiana and Maryland, and then maybe get lucky against Nebraska or a uh, Michigan State. Like they're, they're just there is no path for them to go forward to make a bowl. So they're they're the worst talented team in the Big Ten. A brutal schedule. Nothing's really working out for them. So the over-under for Ruggers, according to Circus Sports, is four. No hook, Tyler. Four. So since I introduced this, uh, I'm going under on this. I have them winning two games this year. I don't have them beating Boston College. Uh, I think the cards are stacked against them this year. It's going to be a very rough season for the boys in New Jersey. Uh, Derek. Uh, I, I'm with you. I I also have them losing to Boston College, uh, but I have them under. I have them winning three. I, I do think they win one Big Ten game, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that here shortly. But uh, I, I, it's just too much. Like there's just too much, too many moving pieces for Greg Ciano this year. I think. Yeah, four four is going to be tough. Tyler, what do you have? I got an under. Um, I'm with you guys. I I. I will say I did have pause on this. I do think three and zero in non conference is obtainable, and like I, I didn't pick it, but I thought I was like it, it could happen. I could see it, and then it's like I really don't know if they're so bad they're going to get shut out in conference play. So I do think four is actually a really good line. Um, I, I do too, and it, in, in all honesty, I had four yeah, when, I mean, before so we it, before it, we started this, and you, you told us we had to take a stand. I had him at four wins. Yeah, man. Do you regret that now, Tyler? No. You take a stand. You don't do halves. You go all in. You got no one to hold them, fold them. What other cliche can I throw in here? But um, <laughs> no, I, I just I, I do. I, I th- I'm with you though, Derek. I I have been pretty hard on them. They're the worst team in the Big Ten, but four isn't out of the question. I think five's out of the question. There, I think no shot in hell they can get to five. So I think when you're looking at a four-win team with a, it's kind of like the, I, yeah, I just think that there, there's just no chance path forward. So, so would the under be the like, the biggest lock, of the East only because, I mean the chance of getting to five to me is like zero percent. So at worst you get your money back at the end of the year. I think the biggest lock in the East is. Are you serious? Can I bet you head to head in that game, or in that over under? <laughs> I'll bet you head to head. No juice, man. I I, I just I, I just I, I that that when I was looking at this, I thought that was the one right there that I was like, that is the one I was the most confident. In, is Michigan? All right, State. we'll talk offline because we're gonna have well, a no I, juice head to head on that one. I'll say this: I, I'm with you, Justin. I think this is probably one of the best bets. If there was a second bet, if there was one that could compete with it, it would be Ohio State. Oh, I, yeah, I would take that too. If you, yeah. if, 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 okay, if a push was a loss. What? That's not the no, rules, Tyler. No, I'm you making can't make the up rules. shit as you go. I'm making the rules. No. A push is a loss. Over push is a win. A push is a win. A push is not a win. You just don't lose. <laughs> exactly. You don't lose. Uh, all right, so f- final thing here, guys. Uh, let's talk about the Big Ten East rankings here. When you tallied up all these wins and losses, I'll go first here. 
Uh, my Big Ten East rankings goes as follows. One, Ohio State. Two, Michigan. Three, Michigan State. Four, Penn State. Five, Maryland. Six, Indiana. And seven, Rutgers. Derek? Uh, mine's not far off. I got Ohio State. I have Michigan. Uh, I, I did go with uh, Penn State over Michigan State. Uh, and then I went to Maryland. And I, I went Rutgers and Indiana because I have I, – I, truthfully, I have Indiana and Rutgers having the same record. I just have Rutgers having a head-to-head. Okay. Tyler? Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Indiana, Maryland, uh, Rutgers. Wow. Here goes Tyler, buying into that Indiana team again. Yeah, this is like this is like your biggest curse. Every offseason, you're like always high on Indiana, and I used to fall for the same thing back in the day. You did. You used to ride with me on that. Yeah, you've changed yeah. a lot, Justin. Well, I mean, you're you're riding a solo car now, Tyler. Again, yeah. So looking at the team, clear, like, I don't see it. about this. Like when I say, I mean, riding with Indiana is quite the stretch. I just. I, I I think they get five wins. I mean, I think they, I don't think they're bowling, but I think they do end up with three conference wins. Um, I haven't won them one conference game. Yeah, so. and that's the first that's the first game of the year against Illinois. Yeah, I haven't losing that one, but no. uh, all right. Well, this has been fun. We're going a little bit long here, so let's get out of here. We're going to be talking about the Big Ten West teams next week, and that's going to be all. That's going to be super exciting because that thing. It's going to be wide open, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So, well, it's it's all Big Ten West teams except Nebraska, right? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll we have to work on that form. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm super excited for it. So, uh, hey, special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.